0: For Bass Edge listeners and newbies out there, you got to know that Bass Edge is presented by MegaWare Keel Guard, the industry's first do it yourself keel guard that protects you from rocks and road debris for your vessels
1: kurt we have an exciting show lined up for today always anxious to see who you have on the docket for us
0: hey look aaron exciting is just the beginning of it we got major league fishing angler coming in who's also an elite series angler so stay tuned bass edge radio begins
2: now In three. Two, one. You're listening to The Edge, everything fast fishing, coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios.
1: Kurt, obviously a lot has changed since the last time that we were at the mic. It's a little cooler. Thanksgiving is behind us. Bass Blaster, looking through that, it looks like uh, we have some funky invention of a bait and monster fish. I don't know how we're going to summarize and tie all that together, but good luck. You're up.
0: Well, as I rolled to the computer today, although it was five days ago that I stuffed myself, I'm still feeling the pressure in midsection. I think they make
1: a pill for that.
0: Let's hope, because I think I gained... three or four pounds over Thanksgiving, but uh, all good stuff. Great to uh, spend time with the family. Going back to the blaster, dude, what is that mefangled thing? It's a soft plastic A-rig?
1: Well, man, all I can say is to avoid having to put explicit on the labeling on iTunes of this episode, I am going to refrain from even commenting because I have no earthly idea. And then maybe that's the whole process of their marketing strategy is that it looks like something that is alien-like. That's all I can tell you.
0: It could be. Well, if y'all want to check this deal out, you've definitely got to go to the Bass Blaster. You can sign up for Bass Blaster. Send an email to bassblaster at bassgold.com and that will get you signed up for Bass Blaster. You can check out this mefangled soft plastic a-Rig. But, uh, you know, Jay Kumar with the Bass Blaster sending out all kinds of cool stuff. Saw a 12-pounder from Lake Austin. I know you spent some time down there, Aaron.
1: Absolutely. One of my favorite places to fish. Uh, it's more, you know, they call it a lake. It reminds me in Missouri of kind of like Lake Tanacomo because it's on the tailwaters there of Lake Travis, much like Tanacomo is on the tailwaters of Table Rock Lake. But it's kind of a river system. Obviously, when they're generating has current. One of my favorite places when you get up there about a mile and a half below the dam is there are a bunch of big boulders which make for some phenomenal current breaks and i absolutely crush them on one of your favorite baits kurt which was a little baby brush hog in watermelon candy just pitching up their Texas rig right around those big boulders.
0: Well, I always love a shallow bite. I got to admit, I was there not too long ago, and I struggled. But that just goes to show, Aaron, you're a dang good fisherman because you kicked my ass out there at Lake Austin. So that was cool to see. What else we got? What, what do we got going on? We got the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight coming up, uh, Marine Tech Minute.
1: Oh, it's going to be a <laughs> packed show show as you are correct we have a major league fishing angler coming up but before we head out to the lucasville angler spotlight let's stop in for the marine tech minute brought to you by our good friends at protecttheharvest.com let's go out and see what mark negus has to say for this week's marine tech minute
2: first by land and now by sea
0: A guy on the phone whose recipes are more valued than KFC and Coke combined... Bass Edge has him on the host of Tech Minute presented by Protect the Harvest. Welcome back, Mark Nigist, head chemist for Lucas Oil Products. Mark Daniel from Midden, Louisiana wants to know, last episode you spoke about synthetic oil. I just purchased a different truck and I don't know if they use synthetic in it or not. Will it hurt if I change the oil with an opposing type that has been used?
3: No, there's no issues with using mineral-based oils or synthetic-based oils or combination of the two. That's basically a fallacy that you hear about. There's really no issues in combining the two. So you can use whatever engine oil you need to use. The main thing is that it meets the API service performance that's required by the OEM. So for instance, if it requires an API SN oil, then you want to make sure you use an API SN oil. Both oils, whether it be mineral based or synthetic, have gone through the same industry testing and both meet the performance requirements established by the industry.
1: That's good stuff. And I tell you, I've got to get the QuickBook and Cliff Notes on all these acronyms in that industry. Great question, Daniel, as I am sure this was in the back of many other minds as well. We'll be right back. With more Bass Edge Radio.
2: Two fishermen came together with one agenda to construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish. With our boat's exhilarating handling and smooth ride, extreme rough water just doesn't exist. We're not just building a boat, we're building a legend. Legend boats.
3: I am professional angler, Brandon Lester, and you're rocking with Bass Edge Radio. We are diving right
0: into this episode's Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Keith Poche is a BASS Elite Series angler and recently an MLF Selects winner. Super excited to have him on the show. Welcome to Bass Edge, Keith.
1: Thanks, Kurt. Thanks for having me. Well, Keith, as uh, many anglers aren't aware of the Major League Fishing's online programming extended cast, but uh, you know, I logged on last week and saw you literally break down a lake in, in really just a matter of a few hours and catch not only lots of fish, but quite frankly, some giants. First off, congrats on your MLF Selects win, but really I think that's something that all of Bass Edge Nation and as anglers, regardless of what you're fishing, can gain a lot of insight from you you by telling us a little bit about how you go about breaking down a body of water quickly. Because as we know, you know, we're limited time, whether it be on the weekend or a day off work. We've got to be able to do that quickly. What are you looking for as soon as you launch that boat and you make that first cast?
3: Well, Aaron, I appreciate the comments, uh, you know, congratulate me on the win. I mean, it's an awesome deal. Uh, MLF is an unbelievable format, and uh, I encourage everyone to go to MLF.com and view the Extended Cast it's unbelievable but uh, as soon as we drive up to a location I mean I'm like jumping out of a truck and I'm running like I'm in a full sprint to the boat ramp. Right I want to see what the water looks like first off because we have no idea where we're going we have no idea what to expect so the most knowledge I can collect at one time quickly, it's going to be beneficial to me from the get-go. So it it all boils down to conditions. I mean, anywhere you go in the country, we rely on conditions to dictate what we're going to do on the water, uh, what kind of lure presentation, areas of the body of water we're going to fish. So getting an idea of what the water color is, water temperature, and time of year is really going to Push me and sway me one direction to the other. And, you know, we really have to make these decisions real, real quick. Uh, we're, we're on a limited time frame, so. Being a in tune in the conditions
0: is real key. So, Keith, it sounds like when you start, you know, it's almost textbook, right? Obviously, you're one of the best anglers in the country. You know exactly what some of these conditions will bring about, whether it's pre-spawn, post-spawn, summertime, fall. So you're taking all that into consideration the first thing. So once you do that and you understand where you're at in the country and what the behavioral pattern should be, what is it that you're looking for? Do you immediately go to a specific location or a place? I mean, what is it that you're looking for that brings you to begin your day of actually casting?
3: Well, you know, we get 15 minutes of ride around. Of course, you can't always look at the whole lake and that's those 15 minutes. But when it all boils down to, we're looking at visual structure for the most part when we're riding around. And you have to really go with your gut feeling. You have to take the conditions that's presented to you and make an educated or gut decision and pretty much go with your confidence, lure your technique, and just kind of build off that. You almost let the fish start telling you what you need to do I will go fish a piece of structure that I feel comfortable fishing that I normally get bites on on other lakes or other situations where I've had practice and I feel comfortable doing. And knowing that, I just kind of go under confidence and go see, all right, is this going to work? Is that going to work? I start jumping around, trying a few things that I feel confident in that I know will potentially give me a bite and kind of let that tell me what's the next step that do I need to take? Do I need to continue to do this or do I need to make a change? Do I need to go shower deeper? So just kind of weighing the options out, seeing what the fish are going to tell you and just kind of feed off
0: of that makes sense what if we take that process into right now you know we're in early december you know you're living in alabama right you know right there around montgomery area so it's early december we're going fishing how are you going to take all those things into consideration that, that you just talked about and we're going out tomorrow morning what's your thought process if
3: it keeps getting cold we might be trying to find popsicles out there for <laughs> <laughs> it's really yeah, yeah, right. but uh, it's kind of the same thing you know of course I have some history in this area. I've been living here for a while and it's a great place to fish. You know, this time of the year, these fish are really feeding up on shad and, and almost starting to migrate back out for the winter pattern. So I'm, I'm looking for a little deeper brush piles, you know, something for those fish to really get a little deeper and, and really stage them and get ready for the winter. They're not going to be as aggressive, they're not going to feed as much. You may want to start picking up a um, deep down crankbait, uh, working it real slow, or, or even a spoon. Find a school of shad with some bass suspended around and around these brush piles. And that's something that I would consider, especially for these spotted bass. It starts to get a little tougher this time of year. I mean, especially when that water temperature starts dropping real low. And um, I can imagine it gets tough everywhere in this time
1: of year. Well, you know, it's kind of funny, Keith, when you bring that up, because I typically like this time of year. Being from central Missouri, that is, you know, we have kind of the the choice of uh, you look at something like Lake of the Ozarks that has a lot of boat docks, you know, something like that. For any shallow fish, I'm going to kind of key on, you know, where those big boulders and darker rocks are going to draw that heat and maybe bring the bait fish, which kind of the whole food chain follows suit, to be able to maybe catch them on a jig or or a suspending jerk bait off of more of that steeper cover. Or if you get down, you know, in the Southern part of the state in Table Rock and some of the clearer, you know, the white river reservoirs, maybe go and try and do some uh, drop shotting or throwing a, a spoon vertically. Cause you bring up those spotted bass. And one thing I'm sure, you know, those things are aggressive when you get them schooled up like that. And if you can get the school fired up, chances are you're going to have a pretty good heyday this time of year, but it's kind of finding those schools of bait fish that seem to be the key.
0: Well, I'm going to bring you guys down here to South Texas and uh, you know, right now, Early December time of year for me, especially here on Amistad. You know, we're still kind of in that fall period. Generally, you know, our water temperatures right now are sitting in that low 60s range. You know, we had that earlier cold snap there in November that brought things down real quick. But for me, it's still kind of a reaction bite. You know, it's just being a little bit slower though. You know, I've been throwing a lot of jerk baits and uh, working in the backs of pockets and on bluff ends in the creeks, and then uh, secondarily, really like throwing crankbaits. You know, and, and, and I think the biggest key with crankbaits Frank Bates, especially in the colder months, is making contact. You know, you got to make some contact with the bottom. So I'm trying to, you know, run around the lake and hit little rocky secondary points. And uh, that seems to be really the way I've been attacking things here in the early part of winter to late fall here in South Texas.
1: Keith, living on the Coosa River, which in my opinion is is one of the best in the country, let's take a closer look at, at really other strategies that you have to target the largemouth there in the winter months.
3: You know, most of the time, these largemouth, they're not going to go too deep. Uh, they're relatively shallow year-round. This Coosa River chain, it generates a lot of current throughout the year, winter and summer, all months of the year. So you can catch a few deep, but most of the time, these largemouth are going to stay pretty shallow. This time of year, and you know, when temperature starts really dropping, they're going to be busting on shad on the grass edges and stuff but I look for the thickest matted looking grass that I can find something that's real thick where they can really get in and get some heat on them they're cold they're not in a good mood they want to eat but it's, it's getting one at a time and you know I like to flip depending on how thick the mat is something fairly heavy I don't want to go too heavy just enough to get through that mat I've caught some really big fish uh, on all the Cusa lakes from Weiss all the way to Jordan so it's a good technique to catch a, a big fish and you're not going to get get a lot of bites unless you fish some scattered grass you know downsizing a little bit you may pick up some smaller fish throughout the bank line but we're trying to, to get a big bite that's what i fish for and you know it's nothing like flipping in that mat and, and the whole grass mat shapes. and you know you, you have no idea what just bit your line but you know the fight's on so it's really exciting you just got to be patient and uh just fish a lot of it and you'll you'll be successful at it
0: What I really enjoy most about the KUSA is the spotted bass, Keith. How is your plan maybe going to differ when targeting that species?
3: Well, that's an interesting question, Kurt. Uh, You know, it really depends on the water movement. These fish rely on current, most of the time, to feed. You know, really any time of the year. I mean, they may be a little more aggressive uh, other times of the year, of course. But you know, when you have water moving, you always can catch spotted bass. Now, late fall, uh, you can still catch a few off uh, seawalls, shallow seawalls with buzz bait or topwater, maybe even a little shallow running crank bait, and you know, you're gonna catch a largemouth with that also. I mean, they kind of mix in together. Uh, you, you can find some docks in between. And, um, you know, I flipped those docks with a shaky head or jig, something slow, something slow profile this time of year. I mean, it's fall. They've been, man, they've been eating, they've been feeding and real, real hard. And now the water timbers start to cool off just a little bit more and they really start to slow down. Now, with that said, I mean, a spotted bass in particular backing off just a little bit deeper on some humps. Main River, Main Lake points, it's going to be real key. I mean, on a Carolina rig, a big football head jig or a shaky head, something when, when that water's moving, you get on that down current side of that point, and, man, just make a cast and bring it back with the current. It's just textbook. You're going to catch giant spots. I mean, I don't know if you ever, folks, listeners, ever caught a Coosa River spot. I tell you, it's the best fight ever. I mean, I I put them up against smallmouth. I think they outdo smallmouth, actually. I mean, these fish are just super aggressive. So it's a lot of fun. Just really, you want to pay attention, generate some schedules, and it's really going to dictate what you need to do and where you need to go to catch these fish.
0: Yeah, Keith, you're right, man. Catching a giant spot. It sends goosebumps in my spine right now, dude. I mean, it is awesome. I, I've, I've been able to experience that, and uh, there is nothing like spotted bass anywhere in the country like they are, you know, on the Coosa River. And it, it is a freaking ton of fun. But I tell you what, we're just warming up here on Bass Edge Radio. Keith, Aaron, and I will be right back after this short message. <laughs>
2: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, you're guaranteed to get the everyday low price on the parts you need. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any local auto parts store's price on any like item. We have the parts you need at prices you can be sure of at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! Auto Parts.
1: Spotlight returns with BASS elite angler Keith Pochet. Lucas Oil high performance marine products from real oils to two cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Be sure to visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. All right, Keith, I got
0: to ask you real quick, man. How many different names have you been called? I mean, no one's just going to look at P-O-C-H-E and just say, oh, yeah, of course, that's Poche. It's poach, Pooch. Pokey. Pokey, isn't it?
3: Pokey. Yeah, I tell you, interesting question. I tell you, I've been called everything, man. You know, especially, you know, in high school and elementary. I mean, (laughs) I'll answer to whatever. If they get somewhere close to it, I say here. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, it's been from Posh, Poochie, (laughs) Poor, you, <laughs> uh, I have no idea what to come, come up with an R in my name. Pouquet, it's been all overboard. I like you the know, posh. Really, it, You'd be like posh spice. That,
0: you know, Aaron was talking about it uh, a little bit earlier when we were off air. It sounds like a good designer label. You man, know. that's what I'm oh,
1: thinking. I, I could see that tattooed all over Kurt's jeans on his butt. <laughs> that's right. Designer, designer fishing jeans. There you I'm go, man. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Can, can, um, I, know, I think Kurt wears chaps, doesn't he, when he fishes? Doesn't he wear motorcycle chaps? Or, or rodeo yeah, chit- r- Rangers and
0: chaps, I think he might. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, don't be distant on my chaps, man. You got to be out there looking right. Yeah, I'm putting on an intimidation factor. If I see Pochet be rolling up to me, be like, hey, ooh, step off now, brah. In my area right here. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, Keith, uh, let, let's move along a little bit more into some more fishing instead of designer clothes. But, uh, you know, you had a top three finish in the 2012 Bass Classic, man. A huge accomplishment. Um, obviously, that was in Louisiana where you grew up fishing. And obviously, wherever we grow up in the country, we have proficiency with certain techniques that relate to that area geographically. Now you're living in Alabama, you fish all over the country, what changes have you had to make to continue your success?
3: Yeah, funny you bring that up, Kurt. Uh, I actually caught those fish in the Bassmaster Classic about 25 minutes from where I actually grew up. You know, we launched at Shreveport, and I drove south. Forest where I grew up and I actually caught those fish close to where I grew up so it's pretty interesting you know everything kind of comes circle I mean I grew up fishing there and ultimately fished the greatest tournament of my life I mean it was an awesome time and I was very thankful to be a part of that but certain techniques you know excel in certain areas of are part of the country you know that I know that and most know that. So you really have to change. I mean, like you said, I mean, what do you do to change and make yourself a better fisherman? And it boils down to change because if you don't keep up with new techniques, if you don't change to certain conditions, water color, water, uh, air temperature, I mean, all these things play a factor. And, and knowing those t- particular techniques is what enables you to be successful. And, and knowing when to use those particular techniques, uh, I think, is really what makes you a great angler. Is between the ears. is knowing what to do at the right time. And, and the only way to really figure that out is just experience, time on the water. So Keith Pochet has become a better angler fishing the tour, going across the country. Was I ready when I first made the Elite Series, when I took that step to become a professional fisherman? I don't know, probably not. But ever since then, I've been introduced to many different techniques. Many, many different types of bodies of water and going through those scenarios have made me a better angler today so very thankful to get that opportunity but you know also it made me who i am today
1: well keith anyone that really has seen you on the bass masters knows that you know you excel at locating fish behind dams and and tailwaters you know it's kind of like kurt sniffing out a cheeseburger at 11 o'clock you know? <laughs> um, but w- what what are you looking for when you first roll up and and begin locating fish behind these really i'll, I'll just call them quite frankly intimidating structures
0: He's looking for the mustard
3: you put on the <laughs> yeah. well, kind of like that cheeseburger all the way. I mean, it just has those juices flowing, and just you know, the aroma just kind of draws you there. But you know, <laughs> going behind the dam, going behind these dams, it's understanding what's going on underneath the water, pretty much, flat out. You really have to understand what the fish are doing. When you look at that water, the water will tell you where the fish are. And what I mean by that is you have a lot of swift water coming out, and then you have some slack water right next to it, and that's called an eddy or a current break. And fish cannot sit in that current. They may swim through it to get to a destination from point A to point B, but they will not stay there and eat. Those fish have got to get behind something, whether it's a current break or an eddy. So when you go behind there, you have to just... Put that in your mind. Just don't fish current. Fish slack water or fish a piece of structure that's in the current that's creating a eddy. So you have to really know what's underneath the water. You have to understand what's going on and where the fish may be. I mean, A lot of times when you look at current and all of a sudden you see a bowl, like there's something boiling straight up. That means there's a rock or something, some piece of structure, boulder underneath the water that's creating that boil. It's creating disturbance in that current. So also is creating a current break for the fish to get behind and get out of the current and just sit there and wait for food to come back. You know, bass are opportunists. They want to take the easiest way to get a meal, you know, and that's the easiest way to get a meal. They just sit there and wait on the food to come back. Chad's getting washed at school up in that run, and some get caught in that current, and they get pushed down the river, and the fish are just sitting there waiting. But my favorite thing to do is fish an eddy, which is right next to a current line. And what those fish do is they get in there and they get right next to that current and they just kind of sit in one spot and they don't have to work as hard to sit right there and they just wait for the to come by and they will just, it's just, it's real easy. Knowing what the current's doing, understanding what's going on underneath the water with the current break or an eddy or dictate, tape, are you catching them or are you not? And it's a fine line. It's a one cast deal a lot of times. Those fish are sitting one little eddy or one little current break and they'll stack up on it. And you can miss that spot just being off just a few feet on a cast because you have to play the current because when you throw your bait out and it's working and the current is taking it, you want that current to bring it right next to that current break. If you're over a few feet, it won't take it right next to a the, the fish ain't going to run out there and get it. They want it to hit that piece of structure and go over it and then land right in their face. That's what they're doing. They're not chasing anything. They're the laziest fish. And you think, man, they're in that current. And they're strong. Yeah, they're strong from swimming around sometimes, but they are the laziest fish for eating. They will not chase a bait. They wait on it to come to them.
0: I think you could probably utilize that in a lot of different areas too, just if there's, you know, whether you're stream fishing or or maybe fishing a river or something like that, utilizing your eyesight to target and be able to recognize some of those uh, eddies, current breaks, like you're talking about, like you see them behind the dams. You could take that specific knowledge and, and utilize as it uh, crossed the board anywhere, there's some current. So good stuff, man. Keith, I, I tell you, it seems nearly every pro angler enjoys hunting. You know, I'm on Facebook, and you see all these people holding up these deer heads, and they're filling their freezer and, and enjoying, you know, the hunting this time of year. I'm always interested in what other pros' off-seasons are like compared to mine, which seems to be uh, dialing it up on the keyboard all the time and, and doing a little bit of guiding and stuff. But what are your activities filled with in the off-season?
3: You know, I, I, I do a lot of deer. I mean, as soon as the season was over, you know, I got my tartar fodder and ranch three-point uh, equipment out, and uh, I started disking up food plots and planting the, the rye fields and, and getting it ready. I mean, I made to get out in the woods. I made it—it's getting cold. The deer is starting to move, and uh, I'm ready to get out there. But, you know, other than deer hunting, the other passion I have is duck hunting. I, I absolutely love duck hunting. There's nothing more exciting about, you know, getting out there and, and wading through some water and, and watching those ducks fly around and watch them come in light. and light. You know, I grew up in central Louisiana, and that's all we did. It's a lot of fun. It's real exciting. You know, I, I plan to make a couple of trips to Garth, Arkansas this year, and even uh, south Louisiana, buddies that uh, own Humdinger Spinner Baits down in Donaldsonville in Louisiana. We plan on having a good duck hunt this year. So uh, it's a lot of fun, and I encourage people to go out
0: and and do it. It's interesting. It always seems to be outdoors. What do you think, Aaron? You running outdoors in your off-season when you're not fishing or what?
1: Yeah, with an axe to break the ice, man. But, uh, no, I agree. I I think any time that, you know, the nature, we've said it many, many times on this show, the great thing, and that's why I think it's so important to get young people involved, is nature is a great, great teacher, and any time that we can get people pulled away from being plugged in like you speak of, Kurt. There's just something about it. You know, it reduces stress, man. And um, it's all good stuff.
0: You bet you. It's time to move on to the O'Reilly Auto Parts, the professional parts people, listener questions segment. Keith, every episode, we give away a $100 gift card to people that send in their questions. And today's winner comes from David Barone of Biloxi, Mississippi. David asked this question. I fish from the bank. I see a lot of bass swimming around, but I can't get them to bite. I have tried spinner lures, frogs, floating Rapala. I have only caught one tiny bass, but there are large bass here. I just can't get them to bite some four to five pounders. What should I do? What lures?
3: Can I send in a question. That's a hundred dollars, man. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you got to send in your questions. Keith, come on now. I got
3: you. I tell you, man, that's awesome. Any time that I can see fish, it makes me think of bed fishing you know, or sight fishing. So the number one thing I want to do to try to get these fish to bite is, is be less visible. Uh, you almost have to be, you know, sneaky. You have to creep up on. You know what I'm saying? Stay low. You know, just don't stand up. Don't make a lot of movement because, you know, once the fish sees you, they're spooked. It kind of kind gets them out of their comfort zone. So that's the number one key. I mean, if if I'm looking at fish, no matter if it's during the the springtime when they're spawning or if I'm just walking the bank and I I see some fish in some clear, shallow water, I'm going to be as low and sneaky as I can for that fish to detect me. And uh, the next thing I'm going to do is try to downsize my bait selection. You know, those fish are shallow. They're clear water. they're, They're real subject to looking at a bait and seeing if it's actually real or not and really being aggressive to that bait so i'm going to use like a something natural color like a green pumpkin watermelon soft plastic stick bait would work real well Uh, i'm throwing it on you know, 10-pound, 12-pound test line with no weight. Weightless, just something natural fall, like a wacky worm. Maybe put a trick worm on there or something that's real slow and small profile that fish is going to react to. Nothing big and bulky, and that's going to spook them away. Even uh, my bait, the KP Power Spinner, I mean, it's real profile. You put it on the back of soft plastic bait. It has a little flash to it. It's not too big, bulky, so it really draws their attention and. uh it has, has a little flash that really gets them excited and, and gives them a reaction to that bait. So uh, that's an awesome way to catch a fish. It's nothing like watching that fish absolutely, you know, inhale that bait. And it's kind of like topwater fish. A lot of times we can't see the bite, but when, when we get an opportunity to look at that fish and see the strike, it's awesome. It's something neat.
1: Well, David, there you go, and congratulations for having your question chosen. Be sure to send us an email letting us know that you heard it answered, and we will send out your one hundred dollar. O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card.
0: And don't forget, Bass Edge listeners keep firing in those questions, and Keith, you can fire in yours as well. Send it to support at BassEdge.com or through our Facebook page or Twitter handle, at Bass Edge. Always include your name and hometown.
1: Well, Keith, thanks so much for being with us today on Bass Edge Radio, and you've got to make a promise, you know, before we shut this thing down, if you decide to move forward with the posh jeans, I'm your business agent, and Kurt is your poster boy.
3: Definitely. I appreciate uh- it, and-
0: yeah, we'll, we'll get it going. <laughs> Poster boy, I'm the model, not just post boy. Yeah, you're the model, all right. Model. <laughs> That's correct. We're going to have to have a full advertising campaign, and then we'll Kurt has make the hair. Oh, Kurt does right? have the hey. hair. That's right. Kurt has That's the hair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's got the hair We got prospects. We got prospects. Hey, Keith, thanks for being with us today on Bassage Radio. You got any final thoughts for our listeners? i tell you, man. Yeah, I do. Um, Take a kid fishing. Some of the
3: best memories growing up was my dad and my uncle taking the fishing business it's nothing like it. I mean, you just can't explain it. That's some of the best memories that, that I'll, I'll have to the day I die. Take a kid fishing and you just wouldn't believe what it, what it may be like. life.
0: Great advice. Bass Edge Radio will return in a few moments.
2: Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at bassedge.com.
1: You know, Kurt, as long as we've been doing this, we talk a lot about the knowledge base of our anglers, certainly at top level education there, but it's also fun when we can actually have, uh, you know, some cut-ups and, and really get in and diving into the personality of the man behind the rod.
0: That's exactly right. In just the, uh, couple moments that we were away there at commercial break, I've already thought more about that designer apparel. Dude, I think we're onto something. I hear you. I'm telling you, man, it's profitable. I'm feeling it. But going back, you know, obviously Major League Fishing is a cool deal that Keith was a part of. Uh, I'm actually a part of Major League Fishing as well in the Selects programming. And to be able to, you know, really listen to how these guys are trying to break down bodies of water real quick. That's at the core of our week anglers and, uh, you know, what they're trying to do every time they go out. You know, the funniest thing is they see all this stuff on TV on a regular tour event, you know, let's say the Elite Series or, or even just a fishing show, you know, a kayak fishing show or whatever, and they're seeing the best clips out of a whole day of fishing. And you get this concept that you think you've got to be out there just whacking them all the time because everybody else is. Why shouldn't you be? But really, that's not the case. And understanding more about the process that everybody needs to go through to locate fish and catch fish is so important to becoming an, an angler that has success. And ultimately, yeah, fishing's fun. We get out there in the outdoors and we're enjoying the peace and the quiet and the, and the relaxation and the kind of decompression from the crazy work weeks or crazy things that life throws at us. But ultimately, what makes it that much more satisfying is catching that fish. And these kinds of episodes are fun to listen to. but they just have solid, jam-packed knowledge on how to do that.
1: Well, no question, and certainly you and I both can attest from back in the filming days, the 22 minutes that you see on TV requires about 11 hours of footage to make that happen. So I think it's important keep it in perspective, and you've got to take the good with the bad, and a lot of times if you're not catching, that is good too because it's telling you that you need to change or make a substitution to get you closer to the end goal of putting those bass in the boat.
0: That's right. and and not being hard-headed and keep throwing the same thing over and over and then going back and just saying, well, they just didn't bite today. They bit for somebody, and they bit something. It's up to each of us as individuals to figure out what that is. And I think, Aaron, that's where I'm headed right now. I'm going to hit the lake. We're out of here. Episode number 197 in the books. Dude, we've only got one more to go in 2014. But, man, it's been an awesome year. And uh, everybody, get out there, do a little fishing. It's still, still, they're biting. Let's do it bass edge radio we'll see you next time
2: you know the importance of protecting your investments so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology keel guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour providing the most dependable most trusted keel protection for your boat guaranteed for life so give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel guard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by keel Guard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kirk Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil Products, ProtectTheHarvest.com, dot Mercury Marine, Powerpole, and Rappaholic We
0: are diving right into this episode's Lucas Oil Angler. Spotlight. Hey, cake. start start over <laughs> episodes. Okay, episodes, episodes. That's right. It's like a it's like a posh. It's like posh. Okay.